Cookie Miller, and this is Worth the Wait. Join me every week as I explore profound weight loss solutions beyond just diet and exercise, because a lifestyle change starts with changing your mind. This week's podcast is sponsored by Cookie Miller Coaching, a holistic online weight loss coaching service that aims to help women who have 30 pounds or more to lose. This program is for the woman who has tried everything and is serious about making a lifestyle change. Visit apply.cookiemiller.com to be added to the wait list and you'll be notified as soon as a spot becomes available. What's up, guys? Welcome back to Worth the Wait. I am your host, Cookie Miller. And today I have come up with a list of five things that I completely stopped doing in order to maintain my weight loss. Now, if you're new here, first of all, welcome. Um, my name is Cookie again. And in one year, I lost about 70 pounds. That was eight years ago. So I've kept it off that entire time. And now I am a certified personal trainer and weight loss specialist. And I coach women who struggle the same way that I did to lose weight and change their mindset about the weight loss process forever. So before I get into these tips, I want to give you guys a little bit of a backstory of how this whole topic came about. So I was literally driving like a couple weeks ago and I noticed, you know, a string of fast food restaurants. And I kind of just thought to myself like, dang, when is the last time I actually like had fast food? And then that sent me into the thought process of like, wow, like I really don't eat fast food anymore, but I used to eat fast food all the time, right? So then I was on a weekly Zoom call with my clients and that's where I really like mentioned that thought. And then I also mentioned a few other things that I realized over the years that I had just completely stopped doing. So these were not things that I necessarily set out to stop doing, um, but they're just things that over the years, I've just stopped doing them. Now, if you follow me on social media, especially on Instagram, by the way, I'm at Cookie Miller on Instagram in case you do want to follow, then you will know that I am really, really big on not demonizing any food group, right? So a lot of times you hear like, I don't eat this anymore. I don't eat carbs. I don't eat blah, blah, blah. And I'm very careful about that. So this is not that. These are just things that I literally have realized in hindsight that I stopped doing. And I see the value in not doing those things anymore. So I thought it was important enough to share with my audience and even with my clients on that weekly meeting, because it may help you to just kind of cut some things out um, instead of going through this eight-year process and then coming to a realization. Now on that note, it has been eight years. So I do acknowledge that some of these things I may have also just given up with the way that my life changed, right? And age and just different preferences as well. So keep that in mind as you listen. All right, surprise, surprise, the very first thing is fast food. That is something that I have completely given up, but it was not easy, okay? If McDonald's had like a reward system like Starbucks, if you've ever listened, please tell me you're following me here. I would have been gold until like forever. That's how bad my addiction was to McDonald's. So I can still even remember my order, but I can specifically remember that I always ordered a large Sprite with no ice. Okay, no ice. It was important. I needed to have all of my Sprite. Okay. Now this was in college. So I was a broke college student. 
I was definitely searching in between the couch cushions and all of that for change just to go to McDonald's and order different things off of the dollar menu. And then very sadly, I would then take all of that food and hide it, right? Like I would hide by either eating in my car or eating in my dorm room when my roommate wasn't there, just making sure that I was completely by myself so that whole experience of having to hide things or feeling like I had to hide things and then throwing away receipts and all of this crazy stuff really led me to the point where I stopped doing it, where I cut it out. But even like a few years ago, like I've already, I'd already lost all my weight. I was well into being a coach. But even at that time, I had like a relapse where I started going to McDonald's again. And it wasn't very long, but when that started to happen, I was like, I really need to dig super, super deep and find out what is going on. Like, why am I resorting to this? So finding the deeper, deeper, deeper issue, of course, is like a whole process, right? But in the end, the point is that I found out that what I was doing was only helping me temporarily. And I was also making my decision very, very fast, very quickly, solely based on whatever emotion I was feeling. So for me, a lot of the times it was I was stressed out or I was sad and I was trying to get comfort from eating that amount of food. McDonald's is convenient, you know, it's easy, it's cheap. And so access was also something that really stood out as well. I don't think people really realize how much something like McDonald's fries can be so incredibly addicting, but that is not by mistake. That is by design. McDonald's french fries have everything you need and french fries in general, right, from any fast food spot are going to have everything you need to create an addiction. You know, they have the sugar in them. That's what keeps you coming back. The salt is, you know, it makes it tasty and all of that. And then they are fried in oil and fats. And so those ingredients together, you know, they taste really good, but they also are very, very addicting to consume. And for me, I was ordering a ton of food consuming it in a very, very short time, then feeling immediate regret and deep shame. And I chose to no longer repeat that cycle. Okay, so the next thing that I gave up was soda. Oh my gosh. So you remember in the first point, I talked about McDonald's in the large Sprite order. Okay. But it did not stop there. I drank soda all the time. It was not until I really started to become aware of the amount of calories that I began to limit the amount of soda that I was drinking. So what I found is that that large Sprite from McDonald's that I sometimes got several times a day was actually 280 calories. But that's not even the kicker. The kicker is that without ice, it's 370 calories. And again, I'm consuming this sometimes multiple times a day in addition to the food that I was consuming as well. Now, drinking soda was truly a habit that I developed when I was growing up. There was always soda available at home. Um, I had like a really big obsession with Big Red. <laughs> I don't know if that was you too. Please let me know. Or if that is you, let me know. 
Um, but when my mom would go and get like sodas, I would go through them so fast, just drinking them like back to back to back. And what I realized in hindsight is that I was really just dehydrated. Like I, <laughs> I was highly dehydrated and I was like drinking so much because it tastes good. And I was craving, of course, you know, the sugar and everything. But at the same time, I didn't drink water. Like I never drank water. And so it, it was a double-edged sword basically like it was just not going to end well regardless so I was drinking the soda as if it were water I wasn't actually drinking water but once I actually began my weight loss journey and I was successful in it I started drinking like 96 to 96 ounces to a gallon of water every single day and that in itself made me crave the sodas less because I wasn't as dehydrated right so when I was drinking a soda while I was still on my journey it was like very conscious um, I had decided or made the decision to drink it I was aware of what I was doing you know what I mean but eventually I did get to the point where I was just like I could not deal with the number of calories that I knew was in the drink it stopped being worth it to me to be drinking my calories I'd much rather eat my calories so I just stopped drinking soda was one of those things that I just stopped the calories alone were enough to really make me cut it out it didn't make any sense at all so these days I mostly drink water I would say like 90 percent I drink water and the other 10% are not even sodas. It really comes from like plain sparkling water like Topo Chico or kombucha or something like that. But other than that, I do not drink soda. I drink water only. So if you are someone who's at that point where it's like you're drinking soda all the time and this goes for juice too. Oh my gosh, I just thought of this one as well because I'm like, oh wait, I'm only talking about soda, but this goes for juice too. So notice I said 90% of what I drink is water and I told you what the other 10% is. So I didn't even acknowledge juice, but I did used to drink um, quite a few different types of juices. It wasn't as bad as the soda, but I definitely don't drink it now. Um, and again, it just has to do with the amount of sugar and additional unnecessary nutrient lacking calories um, that are within such a small amount of liquid. Okay, before I move on from the soda thing, I have to tell you guys, saying soda that many times is so weird to me still, and it makes me think of this story. So I am from New Orleans, and I moved out of state when I was younger and i met a friend i had a friend and i'd gone to her house and she asked me if i wanted anything to drink and i told her sure i'll take a cold drink she came back with a glass of ice water and i was just like what is this and she's like you said you wanted a cold drink and i was just like what and if you're confused hold on i'm about to clear it up for you in new orleans we do say cold drink instead of soda or coke or i know some people call it pop and so that was just so funny to me i was just like girl what is this so it was so hard for me to not say cold drink throughout this whole thing but anyways if y'all do hear me say cold drink at some point i'm from new orleans that's what we say <laughs> 
The next thing that I stopped doing was hours upon hours of cardio. And this was incredibly hard for me to break up with this relationship that I had with with cardio. And it was a relationship that had served me so well um, for the beginning like phase of my journey, but it was no longer serving me and it was starting to become um, actually really detrimental to my journey. So let me explain. When I originally got into fitness, I started with racing. I was running a breast cancer awareness race in remembrance of my grandmother who had passed away from breast cancer. And I used to always walk the race. This time I was determined I'm going to run this thing all the way through. I'm not going to stop. And I also made this decision like two or three months before the actual race was going to take place. So I didn't have a lot of time. And I started doing all this cardio and I started signing up for these races. And inevitably, I saw a really big weight loss and a really big change that really helped me. And hey, that has gotten me to where I am today. But at the time, I was, you know, very uneducated. And also, I was, there was really nothing that probably could have deterred me from doing the amount of cardio that I was doing. Because in my mind, I had done the cardio, it worked, why would I stop doing it, right? It's making the number on the scale go down. So it was like cardio, I owed cardio my life was what I felt like. <laughs> But a few months into my journey, I realized like, oh, I think I should be like doing some weightlifting. I, I started to get more education um, and I had to really let go of that gym intimidation when it came to like getting on the gym floor and picking up weights. But that's maybe a, a topic for a different podcast. So if you'd like to hear that, just let me know. You can leave a little comment or leave us a review or hit me up on Instagram or something um, and let me know if you'd like to hear about that. I found that even once I started to incorporate weightlifting and I kind of got over that fear of getting on the gym floor, I was still doing the same amount of cardio that I'd been doing even before I got into weightlifting. So if you can imagine, I was working out a lot. And really what triggered this was the scale. It was chasing a number on the scale. So in a year, like I said earlier, I lost about 70 pounds and I had this like obsession with getting to this 100 pound mark. And I got there, I got past it. I was so small and frail. I had burned all of my muscle off. There are pictures, well, no. There's one picture I think that I put up like in recent times of that period of time. But if you actually try to go back and kind of like find pictures of that period of time, they may be hard to find. I have them, um, but they may, they may be hard to find or I may be like kind of disguised a little bit because I was just so small. And one of the things that really got me to like thinking and kind of got me to get myself together is that one day I was at the gym and I had just taken a class uh, with one of my fellow instructors. I was an instructor at this point and I come down the stairs at the gym and I come to this different area to then do my own other separate workout that was also high intensity. The class was high intensity and what I was going to be doing was high intensity. In fact, back then, I think everything that I did was, <laughs> was high intensity. Um, and one of the instructor who had just finished teaching, you know, came down the stairs a few minutes later and he saw me like in that area and he's like, you're working out again. And I'm like, yeah. 
and he just kind of gave me this look like what you know what's going on and then I had um, a friend of mine who used to go to the gym with me who later told me that that instructor had actually asked her if I was okay I looked sick oh my gosh my face was so gaunt I had burned so much of my muscle and when I look back at the photos I'm just like oh my gosh I cannot believe I got that small but it was all because of this obsession with hitting this number on the scale and if I'm being completely honest and really vulnerable a lot of that was driven by social media. It was driven by getting the opportunity to be able to say, look, I lost, you know, whatever. Like, look how much I weigh. It was such a mess. It, <laughs> it was such a mess. When I finally had like this moment of really looking at myself in the mirror, that whatever that moment was, I think I had just finished doing like some type of challenge and I was taking pictures for it and I couldn't get the right picture and I was like wait I still don't like the picture even though the number says what it said oh my gosh and that was like a major moment right because it's like I am mind blown right now like <laughs> it was deep that experience though taught me so much about valuing myself um, about attaching my value to a number about um, attaching my worthiness to anything having to do with social media, um, about how I thought I needed to portray myself versus how I really am. It, it just taught me so much to go through that whole experience and really get down to the weight, see it for myself. Um, the realization of, wow, you can get down to this number and still have things that you do not like about your physical body. I don't even mean like things that you don't like about yourself deeply. Um, and also to really value what you see when you look in the mirror, because some things are really beautiful. Um, and one thing that I completely lost in going through all of that was like the muscle in my legs. And if you've been following me for a long time, y'all know, I'll be quick to throw a little quadzilla out there because I love having the big muscular thick thighs. But at that point, I had over exercised so much and I wasn't lifting weights anymore. I completely cut out weightlifting on purpose to get to this goal weight. And what I came to realize was like dang I lost all of that muscle that I loved having so much in my thighs but those were things that I could not see until I literally got to the result so I'm trying to save y'all a little time here <laughs> to not have to get all the way to what you think is a goal weight for you to realize that there is beauty in being strong and being muscular and being fit and I think too in this day and age it's also more widely accepted to be like that you know back when I was on my weight loss journey I think it was there was still like a little bit of a lingering obsession with being skinny and that is starting to change and so I'm incredibly grateful for that and hopefully if you're listening to this you won't have to go through that because you've heard it from me here okay <laughs> okay moving on to the next thing that I completely gave up it is working out to make up for overeating, otherwise known as trying to outwork a bad diet. And listen, let me go ahead and spoil it for you. Spoiler alert, it does not work. It is an endless cycle. It is mentally taxing. 
and it really is just such a waste of time and just a waste of like your life right to be in this crazy cycle of overeating one day feeling really bad about it and then over exercising and then overeating and then over exercising what happens over time is that first of all you build this awful habit and you feel like you're in control of kind of like doing it this way but what's happening with your body is if this is happening, you're probably eat, making poor choices in terms of what you're eating. You're probably not eating food that is nutrient dense. I highly doubt you're overeating like Brussels sprouts. There's probably some kind of quick digesting carb <laughs> that you just grab that you tend to like eat a lot of. And that's where I was. And then I was turning around and trying to go to the gym and work out for hours you know or go to the park and walk for literally hours trying to like reverse the damage that i had done and really feeling like i had reversed it you know if the scale happened to agree with me the next day um but like i said you get stuck in this awful cycle and then because your body is not receiving the nutrients that it needs you probably don't feel really good you know you probably don't feel really powered for your workouts either so the workouts are sucking your form is probably sucking you're more likely to get injured and on top of that you're not getting any good nutrients so you don't feel good so i don't think i have to explain you know why i don't do this one or how this one stopped it just stopped I just got tired I was like I cannot do this anymore like I need to be for real and I need to really know how to incorporate this into my lifestyle and not try to like have the you know have everything it just it wasn't gonna work like that I think this one is really like my biggest tip and that is to stop waiting. I spent so much time as I was on my weight loss journey and even when I got to any of what I thought was my goal weight and then like my actual goal weights and, and physique and stuff like that, I spent a lot of time waiting and missing out because I felt like I needed to be at my goal or I need to present myself in a certain way before I did things. And I've mentioned this to my clients a lot as well, but when you're on a weight loss journey, you know, sometimes you feel like you have to wait until you reach your goal to do things like to go out or to wear a particular outfit that you want to wear or to take a chance on starting your business or to take a chance on applying for a specific job or something you feel like you have to present yourself a certain way first and that's something that I really wish I wouldn't have done as much. You know, I've gotten on so many consultation calls where people will say they've tried to complete the application for like months, like they keep starting it and stopping it. And it's all because they were trying to like get themselves together first. Have you ever heard that before? It kind of makes me think about church, you know, when the pastor is like, come as you are. Like, I'm not trying to be a pastor, but y'all know what I'm saying, right? If you're gonna go on a weight loss journey, for example, and you're hiring a coach, don't try to get yourself together like you're hiring the coach because you've already tried to get yourself together right and you're not able to do it so that's why you're hiring the coach but I digress my point is you can still live while you're working on you right that's actually what life is life is just living 
and making adjustments as you learn. It's not learning it all and then getting your results and then doing all the things that you love or you desire to do. You do those things while you are working on yourself. You do them because one thing that I have learned is that you have to love yourself enough to love yourself right where you are. So here's your homework. Do you have something that you need to give up completely? I want you to ask yourself if one, what you're doing is actually serving you. Then I want you to ask why you're doing it. Whatever the habit is, the bad habit, right? Why are you doing it? If your answer is an emotion, which it probably will be, right? Like I'm angry about something, I'm upset about something, I'm overwhelmed. Then now you need to ask yourself what you need to do to manage that emotion in a positive way. So what can you do that is going to help you instead of hurt you? Thank you so much for listening to this week's episode of Worth the Wait. If this episode or any of our episodes have helped you, please consider leaving us a review. You can take a screenshot and tag us on Instagram. We are at Worth the Wait Podcast on IG. You can also tag me at Cookie Miller and we will be sure to repost your screenshots. And then if you have a review, please, please, please leave that for us as well. And I will talk to you guys next time.